0: Are Small doses. Self-help yes. from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Yes. Small doses. And yes. keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Nana It's so funky. <laughs> it is time for another episode of Small Doses. We are in the building. And uh, by the way, buildings are opening up. You know, I see I see who is tour dates and all kinds of things. And, you know, we have a we have a smartphone in black show that is scheduled for October at the Wilbur in Boston. And I'm hoping that we get to keep that date. Of course, we have to can we've had to cancel and reschedule and reschedule so many dates in the past year and a half. But that could very possibly stick. So keeping my fingers crossed about that. Um, As we continue on with the incredible uh, guests that we've been having here at Small Doses, this episode, Side Effects of Organizing, is in relation to, you know, there's been a lot of talk lately about just like, where funds from these nonprofits are going and like what does it mean to be an activist versus an organizer? and you know, who gets to be in, in front of the camera and still do the work behind the camera? and why is that legitimate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I wanted to do an episode that really just went outside of those like hot button buzz topics to just the heart of the actual work and what it looks like when it's being done in a very real and earnest way. Um, without it being like a reporter gotcha type of conversation. And so I brought on none other than Erica Ford, who is a lifelong organizer in New York, who anybody in New York who's been doing anything knows about Erica Ford. She is this incredible personality and grounded and just um, hyper-focused human on humanity and her benevolence and her philanthropy shows through in just her dedication to really just getting to the hearts of people um and particularly in the black and brown community to really like get into ourselves and find ways to advance in spite of the oppression that continues to exist around us and i have just in New York. I feel like I don't even know when I met Erica, so we're going to have to talk about that when we get on the podcast, but she just was always there, and she continues to be there, and when I say there, she continues to be in the spots that need her, and do so with the same energy that it feels like she was doing when I met her 20 years ago, so uh, without further ado, let's get into this great combo, side effects of organizing with Erica Ford.
1: I heard a whole thing about that water. I'll tell you
0: later. What did you hear about this water?
1: I heard that it's not really... If you read it,
0: uh-huh. the
1: devil is in the details.
0: Okay. Our proprietary
1: process turns water from any... Source. The process? No, it's not really... Um, it's processed to be line.
0: Yeah, it's not like from a spring.
1: So what is it? So what is it? Nothing is easy. <laughs> There's just I have, two. I got four cases of it. <laughs> you know, I got the four cases that somebody tried to, you know, read them, for print Okay. Uh, four four cases. Right.
0: Well, so. I'm gonna finish my case <laughs> and well, then I'll make the switch. Yeah. Um, folks, you're hearing the voice of basically you're like an omnipotent, you're like a you're just like this ethereal being. I don't even know when I met Erica Ford. I feel like you've just always been here.
1: You were on a show or something. You were on um you were on yeah. one of the talk or no well, I think I, may-
0: I feel like it may have had to do with like the voting stuff
1: no you were on a show what show did you work with on MTV MTV so way I think back we, then? The kids. we we, we might have brought the kids to a show or oh my gosh way yeah. back then hmm. yeah.
0: what a time Things were so simple then. Uh, In my mind, they were simple because I was, all I was focused on was like, I can afford coach bags now. So (laughs) that was like, I did it. I made it, folks. I made it. But Erica Ford is with us today and Erica Ford is... um, on her Instagram profile, titled as a public figure, which could not be a less accurate <laughs> biograph- biographical-like description than I've ever seen. You are... So, Erica... Okay. Erica Ford is the embodiment of what I think of when I hear a community organizer. And I know that that is kind of like... A, what's the word I'm even looking for? That term has been thrown around yeah. the same way that activists, I feel, has been thrown around. And, you know, I think there's something good for the fact that it it's only being thrown around more because people are actively trying to be more in the mix and working yeah. towards the actual things. But ultimately it's like, what is the actual work being done? How is it being implemented? You know, we're seeing a lot of stuff going on right now with people asking about like Black Lives Matter and Tamika and, you know, uh, who, where's the money from these organizations coming from? Where is it going, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if anyone's ever challenged you to that because I don't know how they would because I feel like the work you do is... S- So blatantly apparent um, that, you know, I think that level of transparency is what I think is missing in, in terms of particularly like Black Lives Matter. But I would love to spend today's episode just talking about, you know, the organization. Oh, I feel like you've had more than one. And the reason why I mean, like, you don't just get a day. Proclaimed by the mayor for <laughs> just like, you know, putting up a black square on a Tuesday <laughs> on Instagram. So if you could just, first just tell us, Erica, like where are you from and how did this work find its way to you or you to this work?
1: So I am I was born in California and I was raised in New York City, fully raised in New York City. Um, this work came to me through, I attended, my friend's mother was Viola Plummer and Viola Plummer is like our modern day Harriet Tubman. And I was, we were on our way to a party and I saw a flyer on her wall and I was like, oh, I want to go, you know, just. (laughs) Something to do. Yeah. But then we hung out all night, so I didn't want to wake up and go, but they forced me to go. I actually. I um, wanted to go take the police test and become a crooked cop. But then I realized that probably wouldn't work. Um, and I went to the rally and I got woke. Now it's called woke, right? Right.
0: Well, what originally made you want to be a cop? Or why did you think that was the original like plan for you?
1: Because I'm from Jamaica Queens, and everybody, you know, a lot of the people were drug dealers, and I thought that I could find out when the police raid was coming, and I could let them know, and, you, <laughs> know, and, you know, I could just like, you know, be yeah. I can do my part, you know, yeah. back, you could be the school by know? the door
0: and let them know, like, yo, I'm for the people, I'm for and the people. I was like 19, I ain't know no better. Go. <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs> you know? So, I luckily did not chose that career. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, attending the rally, though, I saw that there was something else to the world, you know, besides driving up and down, tending the parties and chasing drug dealers. And then as, as... What is well, it
0: about drug dealers that we were actually chasing? Money. Money.
1: <laughs> I yeah. feel like it's swag. <laughs> yeah, but the, the money is what brought the swag, right? I used to right. love the idea of i could drive to the avenue get out my car go in the store buy a whole outfit put it on you <laughs> had dumb i did it was dumb and this is and like, this, this is-, is the night like this is like
0: late 80s night like this is like right. paid in full era yeah,
1: right definitely paid in full this was 87 it was 1987 when- okay
0: so this is like
1: dapper dan yes okay yes. mr lee's on in queens new york vims you I graduated from high school in 83, right? And so, okay. um, oh, I graduated. I don't know when I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. But that was a time. Yes, that was a time. That was a time. That's when, you know, and Grant's
0: so. Tomb. Like these are all things that I only heard about because I was, you know, I'm a hip hop enthusiast. Fever.
1: So you go to the disco fever, who's the people who are. Like the popular people, right? That's the the drug dealers. The drug dealers gave life to the rappers, right? Because they invested in them. They invested in the hip hop. And so, and it, it was so much money back then. It was so much money. But also with the money came the trauma and the pain and the death and the incarceration. And so when I saw so many of my friends, you know, losing their, their partners to going to jail for 30 Forty years, or being killed, and their children—they—they home angry. Their children is lost and confused. And I wanted to create a way. But plus, on top of joining that organization, um, came with I wanted to organize people around giving tools to young people and creating that alternative, being the interface between community and police, because a lot of police brutality was very rampant in that days, in those days, right? Um, and so we, I began organizing. And like you said, I had more than one. I had the Black Consciousness Movement. I had the December 12 Youth. Then I had the Code Foundation with Tupac and others. And then came Life Camp. Um, so I've been doing this for 33 years. And um, and so in, when you talk about organizing, um, that's, that's my adult life. <laughs>
0: how do you feel, though, like, how do you feel that, because I I feel like that's not something that you, well, I guess, no, you do, you stumble into it, but then it like, it gets refined over time. Right. So like, how did it begin for you as an organizer? Cause I know there's a lot of folks listening that have also gotten woke. Right. And then it becomes like, what do I do with this wokeness? Um, And, and to be honest, I've had to ask myself that question. Like, am I doing enough? How can I do more? Like, you know, am I slacking, et cetera, et cetera? Like, what is what is my purpose? You know, and exactly. if you're if you're anybody that kind of like has any level of consciousness about the fact that we're in a society and we're all here together, then you're going to have a certain level of accountability that you hold yourself to in terms of how you can change, be a part of making things for the better. So like in the beginning for you, like how did this start?
1: Um, it started by organ oh, organizing, <laughs> <laughs> by doing by doing events, right? It started by doing events. It started by holding meeting. It started by learning and educating and training and and, and being taught on what it means to change the conditions of our people. What is the conditions of our people? Because a lot of people base the conditions of our people on their small world view. Yes. And don't understand that there's a big world that we live in. And it's not just your block. It's not just your your city. It's it's a, it's not just your country. It's a world out here. Mm-hmm. And so we did a lot of, of traveling, a lot of going from state to state, but not just going... There was no Instagram, there was no social media there was no you know you become- even
0: television like the cable wasn't even popping like that like to the extent where we have like a hundred and
1: like four hundred channels now yes yeah, it wasn't popping like that i think there was a i don't even know b t well I don't know what was there i but- think
0: b t was like eighty like eighty six I just know, in terms of like outlets where information can be spread, there was such a more limited very limited,
1: very limited amount, and uh, and let's let's put on top of the very limited black power, black flies. <laughs> that you that conversation wasn't happening. It wasn't cool. You were ostracized. You were blackballed. You was too left. You was this, that, that, and the other, right? And so with So I was labeled, um, you know, uh, a troublemaker. I was labeled, don't mess with her, don't work with her, you know. And so, so you had to, you had to really work through that process. I'm trying not to use the word organized because then, (laughs) you know, it's like uh, by the time we it's like how
0: many times do we (laughs) say organized?
1: But, but, but to study, to you heard how my voice just did that. Yeah, that's the. so you had to study, right? And study means what are you trying to accomplish, right? What do you really want to do? Okay, after you've made all the noise in the world, right? After you, you did every rally and you got everybody to listen to you, what are you teaching them? Where are you taking them? What are you trying to bring into light, to bring into reality, right? Because you're saying this shouldn't exist, right? People are saying... Defund the police, um, abolish the police, police this, police that. What are you trying to do? Okay, they're gone. Whoop, you woke up, they're gone. So what now? What happens, right? And so we, we I look at myself as a system builder, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm not just gonna, and that's what I was taught, right? When you talk about organizing. For me, right? You have to be going somewhere. You have to be looking to build something. You're teaching people something to go where, right? And so if if we're saying that this shouldn't exist and I'm going to organize on what should exist and teach you how to build this, right? Mm -hmm. And you start someplace. You don't get to a full police force, right? And, And day one, right? Nothing happens day one but you begin a process, right? And so in 1987, we began a process. In 2007, I'm gonna say, I might be wrong, but in New York, we were able to give life to a system that had people who were violence interrupters and outreach workers and health workers and you know, confronting and identifying high-risk individuals and working and changing the conditions in the community you know, as a as a system in New York City Mayor's office, right? Mm-hmm. And and prior to that, it was the groundworking, the ground swelling, the building of those people who can fill that in and also, you know, um do the work to change people's mindset that it needs to happen. So then those elected officials that were in office at that time were the people who were on the ground who you were identifying. Changing their mindset so that they could go in and vote yes or vote this or vote that, right? Right. So so there's a full process to... And that's just a piece of... Well, yeah, because you're
0: starting at the root. You know, I think that what you're saying is so compelling because... It really does feel like sometimes, like when I see defund the police, I know that, okay, the mindset is that we need to defund the police and or we like that needs to happen. We need to defund the police. And the idea is that those funds will then be rerouted into resources to make our communities stronger so that our communities, one, don't need to be policed in the same way, and also so that we as a community are stronger in our ability to police ourselves, right? And to police each other.
1: Right. And, but even with that. Who's there? Who is there? <laughs> Who is then what community to give those funds to? Exactly. What is, what is their infrastructure yeah. to get those funds? Exactly. Who's there? Right. You can't just go screaming something without the ability to make it happen, because what you do is you create something worse. You create something worse. Right. You have to be interconnected in the building if you're going to destroy. And a lot of times we are into the destroy, 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 destroy and not into doing the work to build. And that's that's it's not going to be successful for us right now. We got the White House to have the conversation about putting millions and billions of dollars into people who do this who does people who do this work on the ground, right? <laughs> and so now we're like, okay, who's out there? Where are you? What is your capacity? Cause we're not gonna just go get Pookie, yo, Pookie, when you got your setup over there, yo, yo, they got checks over here. No, that's not what's happening, right? You gotta have a sound organization that's been doing this work for a long time. And have the infrastructure to take funds in to expand, right? And, and that is work within itself. Because you know, the, the nature of our oppression puts us in a space where we're not building these institutions in our community. You know, and and that is what we need to do. We need to own buildings, we need to own businesses, we need to be building and 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 uh, I was trying not to say organizing, but
0: <laughs> you know,
1: and so and, and and so when you look at this, somebody called me an activist the other day, and and, and...
0: I can't, I don't like the word anymore.
1: Yeah, no, because it's
0: it's it's kind it's, of just become like people who talk really well about the problem,
1: and they need it. They they need it right because. Like I know, okay, like I the contradiction is that, and and I'm gonna put it to like, okay, if it's basketball, right? And I talk very well about basketball, you're not gonna hire me or give me the money to play on the basketball team, or to put the basketball team together, or to coach the basketball team. I'm gonna be the announcer. <laughs> Right? I'm going to be the announcer. That's an amazing analogy.
0: Yes.
1: I'm going to be the announcer. The the person who has got the mic and is making the noise and, and, and you know, they're getting the checks to build the infrastructure and that's not happening. And see, that's
0: like that's why I've had to like distance myself from that title. Because I'm like Because I had people telling me, like, you need to help Biden's camp. And I'm like, no, I don't. I haven't done the work that is going to give them the information that they need. There are people who have actually committed to getting this data, who have been on the ground and can tell you explicitly, this is where this funding needs to be put because I have done these studies and because I have talked to these people. I was like, and all I am is somebody who's able to I hope, inspire folks to either support those folks or become those folks.
1: Right.
0: The announcer.
1: <laughs> you also you also give us a break when we're at 900, right? Because then we can turn you on. Yeah, and, and I can be laugh. like, all right, guys, <laughs> let's sing. You know, <laughs>
0: I can do a multitude of things that can give you guys a break. Let's do the electric slide before I let go. <laughs> you know, I, I. but I have had to like, Erica, when I tell you, I've had to like really like soul search Yes. for like where my role is in this, because on one hand, I know my limitations, but then on the other hand, like I know my expectations and it's like, yeah, but you have limitations in where you can achieve these expectations. And so like, how do you become a vessel? Me and Charlamagne talk about this all the time. And Charlamagne's always like, Erica Ford, yo, Erica Ford, Erica Ford. Let me tell you about Erica Ford in the van. And so we're going to talk about the van. (laughs) Um, But I think that's so dope what you just said. And I think it's really important for those people who do consider themselves activists who are getting those checks to to have the self-awareness to say nah but I can point you at these people right right you know and and I and and be able to really like identify that. I mean I try to I really have been wanting to just get people more aware of just different organizations because I feel like we have a very like you know this 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 America is a popularity contest for everything. So it's like the ACLU yes Black Lives Matter And, and that's it. <laughs> like, and and like the American Red Cross. Otherwise, people are like, I just don't know where else to put my money.
1: NAACP, don't forget them.
0: NAACP.
1: So. But
0: there's so many organizations that are on the ground that are local. Yeah. And I think when we talk about, in the, remember like with the voting, I think a lot of people, for particularly in this election, got to be more maybe it's just me, but I just feel like they were more aware than ever about like the importance of local elections yeah. and how it's not a top down. It's a down yeah. top. It's a bottom yeah. up situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so
0: I think it's the same with organizing, right? Like, yeah, you're giving to the ACLU, but you got organizations in your hood, like yeah. in your actual neighborhood.
1: And what the ACL. So, so I'm going to give another. No. So one of the things with, in the organizing, right? I never look at doing something by myself, right? No one man, no one woman, no one organization can do anything, right? Because our people are complex. And so even when I was in high school and in college, right? I would bring all the clubs together, Hmm. right? I brought all the clubs together because I know the basketball, the jocks, they got all the numbers, right? And so they would bring that. The, the, the talent show, they, the dancers, they could put on the show. The political people, they can do the rally and the, the, the cook, the, the baking club, they could cook the food. <laughs> I, I literally brought all the groups together. And so the same thing in building the, the, the New York City crisis management system it's 26 sites and over 60 organizations that work together. So if there's an organization like BLM, or NAACP, or the New York Urban League, stop sucking the oxygen, right? Don't suck up all the oxygen in the room. Bring other people in the room mm-hmm. to get the oxygen. And this is what I mean. If you have a site in Mississippi, I'm just using that as an example. Who are the other groups in Mississippi and what do they do? What can you invest in from the BLM perspective to support mm the mission and vision in this city, right? Because what else is it about? Because when you, everybody's, I can't breathe, right? We still can't breathe. We still can't breathe. So how do you get oxygen to the people, right? When you talk about last night, somebody got shot, right? So then therefore you gotta work with the victim, the perpetrator, the people who were impacted by that trauma the situation, that gave rise to the situation. What is happening with the victim? Right. Is there a funeral need? Like, there's a lot of different things that have to happen around either preventing the system or its response, recovery, mitigation, intervention. Like, there's buckets that we can all fit from our lane. Yeah. There's buckets. And so when you look at us, we used Tamika as a voice. Yeah. Right? Tamika was a voice to go out there, raise the thing, and 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 get people to invest. We had a brother, AT, who worked with the an AU. He worked with people in the streets. AU was our chief of streets. So he works with the police. When there's an incident, he goes. He did. Like, I've seen him literally stop a police from taking out their taser gun. Could have mm-hmm. took out the wrong one based on the other lady, right? Right. But... And, and tasing someone. I've seen him remove a whole precinct from a situation from negotiating, wow. right? And so that's a level of respect and, and training and discipline that you have to have. You can't just say F the police. You have to be trained with the discipline to stand in community and protect community or direct community to one, diffuse the events that bring them into our community or stop them from responding to an event and have the trust that you are going to deal with the situation. Cause many of times they've called us and said, y'all deal with it. Right. But isn't it also fuck the police? A lot of people say fuck the police, right? Ice cube said it. No, but (laughs) all young people, all, all young people say fuck the police. Right. Is well, it who, is it more accurately fuck policing? So listen, the police system exists right now. Yes, they're not going anywhere. They I know. exist, right? And so, in order, DMX's thing. Let's use DMX's. So they oh, want, right. they wanted to do a motorcade. And From I saw, the-
0: and so listen. I saw on your Instagram you were like, "Thank you to this police officer. Thank you to this precinct. And I was like, "I gotta ask Erica about that because you thanked them." So we're
1: gonna use make- two. We're <laughs> gonna use two examples, right? In order, so they call Erica. Yo, you think you can hook us up with da da da? So we can do da da da. So if I don't have a relationship, I can't bring anyone to the table, right? right. And so we were able to work with them historic. I've never seen it before. About why do you think? Why do you think that they were so compliant? Years of work and respect, and then they—they they also are Dmx fans. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but we were like we have a level of respect. We have a level of respect, and so even. Like we, when you talk about like the, the Brianna Taylor situation where they raided that house, we have stood in front of doors and stopped them from barricading and knocking down the door and negotiated, let her open her door. What are you looking for? Go in, the three of you, look to the don't tear her house up, because you know how they tear houses up. Yeah. Right? And so these type and that's just that's a- how
0: in the situation of you all being able to prevent the police raiding somewhere, like, what is the order of events that even allows you all to get there in time to prevent that?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Oh, the person. Um, that's a good question. I think we might have just for the two situations, I think because we work in the hot spots, we're there.
0: You were and- there already.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And so when they come, we're there because you work in the areas that have the highest potential for these types of situations. And so I think we were there. I think um another one, you know, the person on the inside of the house might have called or the police. I know there was one for the emotionally disturbed person, the police called, right? And and we were able to talk the person out of the house without. You know, situation, and it was an elderly person who I think just didn't take their medication, and uh, you know, needed some uh,
0: assistance. They yeah. were tripping.
1: There's, there's different. There was several different type of situations.
0: But see, to that point, that's why when I say "fuck the police," what I mean is the what police. I
1: mean is, <laughs> what I mean is
0: they are not. They are overused.
1: Yes, and they agree.
0: I mean, I just I just feel like part of the defunding the police in my and this is, of course, non expert opinion is I don't think we need as many motherfucking police like there's just so many police that are employed and they don't. And so thus they have to be deployed and for reasons that are simply just beyond their scope of ability of beyond their training beyond their capability and that's why you have people in my opinion coming at situations with force simply because they don't even know any other conceptual way or they haven't or and if they did learn it it's not repeated learning right because like I mean my mother was a nurse forever she always had to do CEUs like continuing education credits police don't gotta do continuing Asian education credits you know the training is their training and they keep it moving and I mean they have to like go back and shoot but they don't have to go back and like re-up on they're not held accountable like they should be in re-upping on the training that allows them to deal with humans right. like and they just re,
1: the they just deal with guns uh, I, don't, I don't know if they just deal with guns but they they don't deal from a place of compassion.
0: No, I do, when I say deal fear. with guns, I mean, like, they have to, I know they do have to re-up on their, like, sharp I and mean, training. training.
1: Yes. Yeah. But what I can, from my um, non-expertise position as well, um, one of the things that I see the most is that most of the people on the front line are in a space of fear.
0: In and terms of as police officers?
1: Correct. Right. On both sides. On both sides. Right? Now, this is going to be the the springboard of conversations. Oh, this is going to be it, right? So (laughs) when you look at a police officer coming to a scene, it's a young, white, black, Spanish, blue, green, right, person who only interest is to go home safe, has no idea really how to deal with the person. That guy that came to that situation with that young girl with the knife, his immediate reaction was to grab a gun.
0: From, but, like, he got out of the car with his hand on his pistol. And in the, in the body cam footage, he was, like, on the way there, and he kept trying to, like, sip from an empty Gatorade bottle. And that already let me know he was off.
1: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like, there's nothing in the bottle. Like Yo, that's- I, I, I had a, we had a situation. The girl had a knife in one hand and a bottle of bleach in the other hand. and And she's got 25 girls behind her in a straight up brawl, right? And, and we broke the situation up, right? No gun, no weapon, no bulletproof vests, no, you know, because we went in with With, love and compassion for these young people. Right. There's been many situations where we go in and I'm not advising anyone to do this. Some of the times I think we're nuts, right? Where people had guns drawn, right? And, and, you, know, you talk them down right the objective is to talk people down off the ledge and you can't talk someone down off the ledge if you are not connected to that person right or if you don't have the compassion to really want to save their life
0: and i well, think if you're not grounded you know like cuz like you said like that fear
1: prevents you from being grounded no let's go back to this job definition, right? Right, because this person went in a play as a kid, he wanted to be the police officer. They played cops and robbers. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be the police officer. He went to go get a job, right? His job now is codependent on caring for someone who he really has no idea about or cares about. How do you care about somebody you don't care about, mm. right? And so they're getting all of these resources and all of these funds and so on and so forth, but it's built around armorism right? Not compassionism, right? Because if you're going into... Because what are you doing? What are you there for? Protect property, right? Ultimately, yes.
0: I mean, even the, even the even policing as an onset in terms of returning slaves to Massa, slaves were property.
1: <laughs> so that's what it was. And so the whole, when you talk about redoing a system, now in, in New York State, they've asked the officers and sheriffs and so on to reimagine policing and submit. and But if we're going to reimagine policing, then you really got to reimagine the interrelationship on protecting people yes. and care and, and creating safety. And what is safety look? So that's why when you look at the alternative in people investing in I can't breathe or killings or force, use of force, and so on and so forth, you can't necessarily just go throw money at an organization or a person that has the biggest microphone, right? You have to look at changing the dynamic of how we exist in our community. Yes. Right. And so that's restructuring around economic development, around poverty, around food, around education, but it's building a system of structure that we all can do it together. Because when we have organizations that are competing against each other for dollars, or ego or cameras or this or that then we don't really work together to change the fundamental problems in our community we work to get what you think they got that you're supposed to have and you can't work from that perspective which is the perspective that most people work from because it wouldn't be no problem see when i say i have a problem with what where some of the money goes it is because there's something that I see needs to be built and I'm working to build it and I wish that we could get more of these Right, and you're
0: like, I know y'all got it and right. you're sitting on it versus...
1: I want to pay myself... I mean, I may want to get into that conversation because it could spring a lot of um, springboards. Because... I mean, I
0: think there's... a. D- I think there's... This is my thing about... About that. the
1: police in, in in if you look at New York City, right? Mm-hmm. The police budget is I think six billion dollars. It's in bananas. Our budget is 43 million dollars. It's 26 sites across the city, and like I said, over 60 organizations that work together. And and so we were anytime people come like the shooting that happened yesterday, it's way out of our target area. But because we are who we are, we're still dealing with that shooting, right? Because we don't want to see retaliation and and so on and so forth from these different incidents because these are children's lives, right? And if we know, and so that's why in our area when this summer, gun violence was at a record high, in our area, most of those holidays, we didn't have any shootings, you know, um, at all. Because we worked with, the police, with the shooters, with the sets, with the crews, Mm -hmm. with the street interventions, with the peacekeepers, with every single entity. And like, yo, we're going to have a safe weekend on July, Memorial, Labor Day. We're going to do this. So what you need? Okay, (laughs) you need money for Pookie. You got to take Pookie out out of the state for this weekend. Then you take, here you go, you take Pookie out. Don't bring Pookie back until (laughs) You know, because wow. you got to create alternative ways in which you can resolve your situation. And there's no one-size-fits-all. There's no one-size-fits-all. You know, you got to be creative, and the resources are needed to do that. The therapeutic services and wellness, when you get to the Peace Mobile, we drove the Peace Mobile around the entire weekend. The entire- so tell us
0: about the Peace Mobile, because Charlemagne always tells me about the Peace Mobile, and... You know, I have yet to experience like the the greatness of it in person. So take us take us there.
1: So when you when you enter the peace mobile, it is the um, first of all. This is the peace mobile. Okay, peace
0: <laughs> is a lifestyle.
1: Yes, and right the now, peace sign. Like, this is dope. The rims is done. So the rims are, but the-, <laughs> the rims are. It says peace is a lifestyle on there too. It's a 35-foot recreational vehicle uh, in the front. When you walk in, you smell the lavender because, you know, it's aromatherapy and getting you engaged. Uh, Then you have an area where we attempted to do a podcast, but um, we're too busy doing everything. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, But we have a kitchen. We call it Kepper's Kitchen because... You know, Keppra brings that whole wellness and therapeutic services to Life Camp, and it teaches you how to eat more alkaline than acidic, because we know what you put in your body is helps control what you put out your body, whether it's your behavioral norms or, you know, your behavioral norms. And right. um, then you go into an area, we have like a living room area with um, a fireplace that has like light therapy. And don't let me bore you because I can't store you. I want to restore you. I'm yawning because
0: I I had a shoot for Insecure when my call time was Uh 7.30 p.m. And I didn't get um, on set until 3.45 a.m.
1: I'm about to set. So you want to tell us? But anyway, let's go back to the (laughs) piece.
0: I would love to tell you how it ends. I don't know. (laughs) They ain't wrote the damn episode yet. Nobody knows how it ends. We're like any day now. We'd love to know. I mean, but. I told Issa she doesn't end up with Lawrence, this this has all been a waste of time. Um, but, and, but I digress. So you're in the Peace Mobile. You're in the Peace Mobile. Serenity now.
1: Serenity, the lavender, the alkaline, acidic kitchen, Kepper's Kitchen. We have a seating area with, uh, comes out, we have families who lost their loved one. We do healing circles on the Peace Mobile. Oh, wow. Um, we do one-on-one therapy in our midsection and use it as a multi-purpose type of room with the computers for, you know, computers. we got the virtual reality glasses and the video games, Xbox five and all of that what? for the kids. And then we got a punching bag. So if you need to just get it out instead of going to shoot somebody or fight, just get it out. Let's get it out. Punch the punching bag. Then we have a full studio, full recording studio, paint on beats. You can just you know, get it out that way, you know, take it off the mm-hmm. door and, and spit it into, or you just want to go in the booth and scream, you know, whatever it works. We got speakers on the top so we can have block parties or, you know, all of those. Or be a
0: part things. of the West Day Parade, whatever.
1: <laughs> so
0: does, so... How does one access the Peace Mobile? Like, is it just kind of like they happen upon it? Or do people, like, set appointments? Like, how does that work? So,
1: so it comes to neighborhoods. And when it comes to neighborhoods, then you can get on it. Um, We have events. We have Mm -hmm. all people can come to Life Camp and, yeah, they want to bring the Peace Mobile to their neighborhood. Like, we took it to Baltimore after the killing of um, Dante Boxdale, the, young, the family from the Wire, mm-hmm. the children got killed recently. And so, um, you know, we do take it places based on uh, people calling and asking for it, but on a whole where it's hot is where it goes um, to help provide people with the therapeutic services and wellness and events like we had it at the DMX event to work with crowd control. We take it to funerals to, you know, support families in their time of grief and just give them a space where they could go. We go to the hospital when shootings happen to, you know, because with COVID people can't go inside yes. of the hospital. And so it's standing outside. You can sit in there, get a tea or, you know, we have therapists, social workers, credible clinicians, They can do one-on-ones with different individuals, so there's a variety of different ways in which the Peace Mobile serves the community.
0: So, in terms of life camp, like how would you describe the organizing that you all
1: do? Um, Most of the organizing that we are doing right now is around violence prevention, right? And so it's organizing people on how to find other tools, how to help heal yourself, how to mm-hmm. identify situations in other individuals that might be around you in a party, an event. How do you diffuse it? How do you de-escalate? How do you divert attention? How do you buy time? So it's all around, you know, really- Conflict modern-
0: resolution.
1: Yeah. Conflict resolution, conflict mediation, healing, therapeutic services, and then, you know, leadership development. So it's training young people how to be leaders, how to organize events, how to organize um, teachings, how to organize all of the different things.
0: How to organize organizations.
1: How to organize <laughs> You know, and, and you say that because one of our parents who lost to her, to her son to gun violence she worked as an employee and then we worked with her to train her and now she has her own organization where do we go from here right and so she went from a victim to an employee uh, ceo right and so and that's what it's all about is how do you level up right how do you level up
0: because i get annoyed when i hear people say things well first of all the black on black crime argument is always irritating but i've i <laughs> feel like i've been seeing
1: crime. a lot way- not black on black crime it's crime
0: It's crime right? because there's humans that live in proximity to each other and that's a natural reaction that's going to happen. Right. Um, But when I hear people particularly speak to it in juxtaposition to y'all only care about cops, but no one's saying anything about black people killing each other. And I'm just like. There are organizations that are completely and wholly dedicated to the holistic changing of our community's thinking around violence and the understanding that a lot of the ways that we are treating each other has been inherited from the oppressor.
1: Correct. Correct. And the reason why we do a lot of the things is because of the oppression. It's because of the lack of resources for quality food, health care, living in conditions that S- uh, stimulate consistent trauma to individuals and, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, we trying to change the generational trauma to generational wealth, you know, and build that. Among mm. people. So we have young people investing in stocks. We have them in saving their money in, in banks and learning how to open up bank accounts. We have them building their own businesses, being entrepreneurs, investing in their businesses, teaching them how to, you know, do the paperwork, how to get investors, how to raise money, you know, and so all of those things. So we can build young entrepreneurs. And now with the legalization of marijuana, you know, there's a whole uh, Whole there.
0: other space <laughs> and time to excel in.
1: Because they were excelling in it. And then you call it a crime and you incarcerated them. You brought trauma and and into their family and into their life by putting them in jail, taking them away from their family, having the family have to go back and forth, put that financial strain on the family. And then 10 years later, oh, yeah, okay, actually, forget about it.
0: Well, that's why I feel like when people talk about like what is criminal, I'm just like there's two types of crimes. You know, there's there's crimes of humanity and then there's crimes of society and society creates what is a crime, you know, like, why is it a crime worthy of, you know, I don't know, a ticket in to not have your blinker on when you change lanes in one state, but then in another state, it isn't a crime. And so like, is this person a criminal only in Texas, but not in California? It Like death, you know, murder, abduction, assault. Like, these are things that are crimes of humanity. But, like, prohibition Again. was a whole thing. <laughs> and now everyone's talking about wine. <laughs> like, And so here, I feel like we are witnessing that with marijuana. By the time that I leave this earth, if I'm here for another 30 years, I'm going to see we I mean, shit, I live in California. Weed out here is like wine. I know. I mean, I, I, by where I live, Erica, when I tell you within the last three years, there is the same amount of weed spots as there are dog groomers.
1: Yeah. So that's a big thing.
0: <laughs> like, And I live in LA. So, you know, the yes. dog grooming is- Yes,
1: I know. I'm talking
0: every, if I think about it, every, if I go down a mile on the main road by where I live- there has got to be at least five weed spots. And I don't even smoke. And I know that.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So it's just, I, and I remember going to a organization meeting for our brother, and sister soul when I was in New York, uh, cause they were up in Harlem by where I used to live in Harlem. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah good brother.
0: And they had, a, they had like a community meeting about uh, marijuana laws. And this young woman had come to basically just talk to whoever showed up about like the truth about marijuana laws. Cause that was at the time when it was like, New York makes marijuana legal. Like that was the headline. And she was like, that is not true. (laughs) And I need you to know that because that's going to cause a lot of problems for our people. And I was just like, I mean, I, I I was just beyond it was just beyond me to find out how misled we all were in terms of the ways in which you know this information gets dispelled. And so in the work that you're doing, how much of that is also around like knowing your rights and education about that?
1: Yes. And I'm gonna show you um, for example, how that's important, right? The young a young kid thinks that it's legal, right? Because they said it's whatever. They get a ticket. They don't pay that ticket. Mm. They get pulled over because that law in New York says you can't flicker. You are supposed to flicker, Mm -hmm. right? And so they get pulled over. It's just a little stop, right? right? They run his name. He got a warrant. Why does he have a warrant? Because he got a ticket for smoking a joint in the park, right? And so this... Little ticket now turns into, because that young man, Dante, right? They pulled him over and they said yeah. he had a warrant, right? And then it was for some garbage. But this is how this stuff happens in our community, you know? And so definitely we do, we have lawyers, forget about legal rights. We have, we do legal rights and we have lawyers. So when a lot of times when you get arrested, we're going to send a lawyer to invoke your rights so that you don't say something so that you can get a just process, right? Because a lot of times they get these young people in the precinct and then they start talking to them. Young person is scared, they start saying anything. They indict themselves, They grandmama, They sister, and they ain't nobody doing nothing, right? And so... We, we put a lawyer on immediately. And so that is where some of you, all that lawyer money that's going to the NAACP legal, bring the lawyers down here and let's provide them on a consistent basis, 24 hours in these hoods for these young people, right? That's when you're talking about leveling the playing field of just information because they need it. These kids don't, like they, it's just a different level of where we are because of the oppression that we live under, right? They not getting educated in these schools. And then they smoking so much marijuana that, and then they on the pills and the marijuana, right? Drug addiction is a big thing. And drug addiction comes from the trauma because what are you smoking? Like, it's not just recreational, right? Mm -hmm. It's something that's hurting inside of you that you don't know how to deal with. And so the way in which you deal with it is you go smoke. And you just high all the time. All the goddamn time. I mean, I had
0: a homeboy who, if he was out and felt himself coming down, he would go home. Right. Like, But we'd be out like in the middle of like a, an event or like a thing, you know? And he'd just be like, nope, my high is going down. Gotta go. Because he just was like, I don't even want to exist in the world without being high. And I know that, I know that our communities, our communities are just, we're dealing with, like you said, we're just dealing with things that others are not in in such a less than tangible way. Like I think some people think, you know, specifically just on the surface, but when you're talking about like emotional trauma, and I love hearing you talk about the fact that you guys are really organizing around teaching like these ways in which we have to think differently, not just get money differently, you know, and not just police differently. It's like, no, you actually have to move differently as a human. I mean, like when I created Smart Funny in Black, it was literally because I felt like as a community, there just seemed to be, I just started to notice that there's like, way more people than I ever thought who didn't consider there to be an actual black culture. Correct. And I'm like, but our culture is our community. And so like with the show, I aspire to inspire community by showing and demonstrating, like, look at the ways in which we share culture. Like all of us in this room are laughing at this joke because this is a black joke. Yeah, (laughs) like this is a black joke like the people who are here that are not black don't get this because it's not a part of their shared culture and it's fine for them to experience it but like you're of it and that means something and that's something that we have to protect and i'm i'm trying to
1: encourage folks go ahead you asked the question about dmx right i said why would they do that like why why did the police do that right Mm -hmm. and so one of the things is they know DMX is a is is a rider. He's a rider. And so people are going to ride, They're right? They're going to ride. And so how do we, and, and so I just had a situation with them where a young rider got killed in my community oh my and God. the police came and I'm telling them, I'm like, you got, he's a rider. So bikers are going to come out. They approach the situation from not, understanding our culture. Right. Mm. And so when people die in our community, for some reason, everybody goes to that place and they drink because they want to hide and and pour their pains away. Right. They don't want to deal with the loss of that individual. They want to, you know, they drink. And so they're drunk. They're in pain. They're traumatized. They're hurt. And then here comes the police. Right. Right. And so you have this on this and it's not going to work. Right. And so what we say to them is that you have to use us, right. Allow us to deal with our community. Yeah. What they did is they came and they snatched the individual off the bike because he was doing a donut, which is what we do. Yes. You're a rider, You, you get a donut, you get a donut in your name. That's what they do. Whether it's, I don't understand it either, but that's not my yeah, life. It's not for you to understand, right? It's like... And that's what we told them the other day. You just might have to sit there and say nothing. And not nothing in your head. Don't question it. Don't, not just say nothing. Because that's what partnership is. It is respecting my process. Mm. And sometimes they're like, well, take it to the rally, the protest, right? How long do we let them protest? As long as they want to protest, they're not killing anyone. They're not like let them. That's what they want to do to get their pain out, right? That's how they want to show, express, feel, leave them alone. That's it. Leave them alone. If you want to protect that store, you stand over there by that store. (laughs) Stand by the store, protect the store, but leave the people alone. Because the moment you show up in some riot gear, the moment you will stop trying to block the street so that they can't ride their bikes, you're interrupting their process. Mm-hmm. And so that's disrespect to them. And they're gonna pop off. You gonna pop off. And what you gonna have? Right? And so we have got with we got with them. We're like, let's organize pride, right? We know such and such got killed. We're going to close this area and allow them the the ability to express their pain, right? And so that is a negotiation with they want to ride from Yonkers to Brooklyn. How do we make it happen? They rode from Yonkers to Brooklyn?
0: Wow. For those of y'all who don't know, that's a stretch. Like that's, did they, to, what, did they go down the West Side Highway?
1: They went down the Major Deegan oh, to yeah. the Grand Central to the to the Triborough. Yeah. To, but did they go down? No. The Yonkers, they got right on, what is that? Um the 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 Cross the, the FDR? Well they got they went on the Cross Bronx. Cross Bronx to the Major Deegan to the Triborough Bridge. Right. Mean, then oh they
0: were okay so they didn't go through manhattan no okay i was gonna say like I, what so they went okay so they went from Wyo through brooklyn and down i'll get it i mean sorry through queens and down yeah. to brooklyn yes yes but i mean i saw those numbers it's just it was incredible what y'all were able to to put together and i and i'm listening and i'm hearing you you know i'm hearing you in in terms of talking about partnership and and, um you know, the leadership and the discipline that that requires. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, at this point, I'm just so, av- like, my aversion to the police is so emotional. Correct. Um, which is also why I'm not an organizer. Yes. <laughs> I am an announcer. All right. Next step on the set. We got <laughs> I love that. That analogy just made my whole life make sense. I am an announcer.
1: <laughs> I got a job
0: already. <laughs> I know my role.
1: Thank you very much. That wasn't an easy task. Like, you know, working with the, even like there, there was, I would say, let's say 10. I'm going to say 10 police on NYPD who got it, understood it, <laughs> god there was only 10 it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't like everybody understood it like everybody got it but those 10 worked with their people right either understand it or get out right get out the way because we're doing this right and so it's a process it really is and i'm not i'm not thinking all of this is a process we are in an oppressive state as black and, and latino or However we define ourselves, people in America, we are in an oppressive state. I'm not denying that. Mm -hmm. Right. And in order to train, change that, we got work to do and it's work. It is organizing our people to do and live and see the world in a different way. It's not going to happen. You know, we got to stay in the streets. We got to keep pressure on. You know, but we also got to do the work at home. And that's two different groups of people because you can't be outside and organizing at, the, you know, like you organize the rally, you like this there's, there's, there's enough work for everybody. But we all just got to be going to the same destination. The
0: script. Well, we have a segment on the show called The Script. Where we provide our listeners with, you know, some supplementary supplementary materials to go to the destination of this episode. And in this episode, you know, we're talking about organizing and we're talking about ways in which folks can be active. So, for you, um, what do you? What would you suggest? Either in terms of other organizations that you feel like people can be involved with, or I think an even Maybe an even more useful way of using the script today, which is kind of like unorthodox for us, but would just be like, what are ways in which people can organize as for themselves? Because I think there's, I, I I know my audience is a very quote unquote conscious audience. I don't mean that they only listen to Dead Prez and Talib Kweli. I mean that they're they are. I don't even like the term woke. They are just aware. You yeah. know, they're aware of what is out here and that they're a part of it, whether they like it or not. So how can they, and and I and they're also aware, and I say this all the time, like you just said, there's jobs for everybody. Like there's a multi-pronged approach. Not everybody is an announcer. Not everybody is the shooter. Not everybody is, you know, verbal, even right? It's verbal, so right? Like some people just can't talk to people. They should have never put me as greeter at the gap. I don't want to talk to people like that?
1: <laughs> I don't even... I got so many jokes on...
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not the person. Don't put me at the front of your store. That's,
1: that's right. But even when you look and when you talk about your audience is conscious, right? So if we just deal with, with New York and, and, and these organizations are all over the nation, right? So I would say for people to one text, fund peace to 51555. And that's F-U-N-D, fund, piece Because we created a national coalition around how do we bring each, everybody together, right? Because mm-hmm. when you talk about the, the, the work that we did with the White House and getting resources to the ground, it is going to take people coming together. So when you look at, at my staff, a lot of them are credible messengers. They did 30 years, 16 years, 20 years behind the wall. And so they can connect with that shooter and get them to stop and put that gun down and think different like we can't. Wait, does behind the wall mean in prison? Yes, behind the wall. Okay. And so, but the person from your audience, right, mm-hmm. being conscious, they can come and do workshops with those brothers and sisters. Right. And help raise their consciousness more so that they can understand the bigger picture of, of black folks in America, right? So at that same time, they are they can elevate their own life because no, they don't need to stay at that one job forever. Right. But in order to elevate, we need consciousness and we all can't do everything. You can't build institutions and systems and teach people on the ground at the same time. And so, um, let's work together, find groups in your neighborhood, in your community, in your city, in your state, and let's build coalition and let's find, and then there's some people on your, that might be good at building coalitions, right? There's people good at raising money. There's people good, like we talked about when, in the beginning of things, there's people good at throwing the party because you can't just work, 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 work and not release and have fun and, 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 and build that camaraderie with folks as well. And so everybody can come together in, in each city, in each state and work towards that collective goal and, and, and around changing mindset, changing the conditions in which we live in as a people, elevating our wealth gap or deleting the wealth gap and, um, helping people heal from the trauma, not only violence, but oppression. Um, I want to read books to
0: little kids. So if you know anyone that needs somebody to read books, to little kids, let me know because,
1: um, with the way we work right now, um, We could read books to little kids without even being in the same room anymore.
0: Listen, I did it for a class and I was like, as an announcer, this is my jam. Like this is, I get to perform while I'm reading the books, the kids. And by the way, kids have the best questions. Yes. Because they don't have... You know, yeah. they're not dealing with self-doubt and stuff in the same way. So they're just asking you real straight up, like, so do you like fish or dolphins or both? And you're like, well, um, I'm a fan of both, but I will say I prefer dolphins. Why? <laughs> like, you know, is what why? is your favorite color? Uh, pink and then someone raises well my favorite color is orange and I'm going to tell you why my favorite color is orange because my mom and they give a full explanation and then someone else raised their hand and was like I don't have a favorite color because I don't <laughs> like limitations <laughs> it's like but I just was like I, I, to add to the script I think we all have to like sometimes it's hone in on something or a skill that we have or a something or a joy space that we have and how we can connect that to someone else who may not have access to that joy space. Right. So like for me, I love performing. I love reading. Like I love getting into that space. And so when, when people were telling me like, cause I had just started getting calls about reading books to kids. I didn't even know that was like a, a thing that was needed, but I was like, oh, well that's, that's a joy space for me. If I can bring that joy to somebody and it'll help but move that along, then let's do it. And I think we forget sometimes in our own bubbles, you know, that like not everybody has access to like these things that we, I'm not even going to say we take it for granted. I just think that we just don't realize that like that's something that somebody else may want and may not have access to.
1: No, that's a fact. And even in reading the books to the young people, you, not you in a particular, but the teacher in that room, the people in that room, can begin to identify what the skill sets for those young people are, right? And, and it's like, one of the things that that I try to, to stray away from, and, and I showed my staff this weekend, because like, you know, I'm Erica Ford, right? Erica Ford is like a thing, as you were saying.
0: I mean, you have a day. You like should. we see it, like you have a proclamation behind you.
1: What day is Erica Ford Day? April 8th.
0: April 8th and is it in queen like where is it specifically located City. It's New York City City
1: 212 718 646 347 BMX got a day in the state of New York like he got the whole state cuz he the dog you know what I'm saying Fair 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 get at me dog <laughs> But when I was at the DMX the whole weekend, right, and my staff was with me, I said one thing that you notice is that no job was too small for me. I would run if the garbage was in the way, pick up the garbage. If people need to be exported, I witnessed this of you. Yes, I, moved the people in. People chairs need whatever was needed. I didn't wait for somebody to give me the job assignment. I mm-hmm. saw a void and I went and filled it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's a skill set. I'm not gonna put that on somebody else. That's a skill set that I have. Every single person's skill set is just as valuable to this process of liberation than the next person's skill set.
0: Say it it again. Say it again.
1: Every single person's skill set is just as valuable as the next person's skill set in this process to liberation. The imbalance is is society gives the money only to the one they define as relevant and that's who like you see on the TV or you see, you know, hearing it. Is. So young people think that that's what they gotta do. That's what I gotta achieve. No, what you like to do, what you do when nobody else is looking, what you will do all day and all night is what you need to do. And then how do we hone and harness that? Right. Because from book reading to throwing a party, to shopping for the person, to walking up and down the street, saying hello to people. Right. Because how do you change mindset? Right. you got to change mindset. And it comes from engaging with people. The police in our community are out. You know, they don't live in our community, not among our community, so they don't interconnect with our community. Right. And that is a skill set. It is a thing. You have to be able to connect with people who you're going to save their life because you're looking and risking your life for someone you don't really care about. And that sometimes puts you in a space where I ain't doing that shit. I ain't doing that shit. Fuck that shit. You know, and so you you have to. You know, these police... In New York City, the, the suicide rate has increased, right? And it's because they're dealing with their own fears and trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Trauma is not just in a group, it's everywhere, right? And if, if I don't help heal your trauma and you deal with me every day, your trauma is going to interact and cause harm to me. Yes. And we're going to coexist. In this community, there's a process of uh, elimination, right? There's a process of transformation. Everything is not going to happen at one time. I have been dedicated to, to changing the mindsets of people since December 12th, 1987, right? That's longer than some of these young, most of these young people who are leading this stuff now have been alive, right? And so I hear a lot of them say, like, we leading, we gonna do this. And you can't, I had that arrogance and ignorance when I first started to. And that's all it is, is arrogance and ignorance. I cannot step into a new space and think that I am the it for it all. And nothing happened before me. Mm-hmm. Because it is history that defines our future steps. And people have to be be patient. They have to learn. They have to have self-discipline. They have to release ego. They have to release comparison. They have to release judgment, jealousy, anger, you know, in order to be a heart leader and really lead people, organize people, be the voice of the people, work for the people, protest for the people, Whatever you're doing for the people, you got to respect and love the people first and foremost. And that first person that you love is yourself. If you don't love yourself, you can't love somebody else. If you're drunk and high all day, you can't do nothing but get in the way. And so, you know, a lot of healing is necessary. A lot of healing is necessary. On, On all sides of this equation, as we move towards total transformation of a system that 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 bottlenecks us from breathing right it, it it has its hand at our throat and we're getting fingers off you know what I'm saying we might mm-hmm. be <laughs> you no know, but it's still on our neck and we still can't breathe right and it's a process to make that happen
0: well I was going to end it there because you just delivered us a sermon but I first before we go want to ask you this you are such an effusive voice, right? Like you're on this podcast and like I've always known, Erica has a beautiful, glorious gray Afro that you can see coming before she's even like <laughs> within earshot. Um, And, but I feel like you have, and I don't know if this is by design, but I feel like you haven't positioned yourself as like, a personality at the front of things. And I know we talked about, you know, Tamika, because Tamika has been a voice and and simultaneously worked as an organizer. But I'm curious to know why that hasn't, why you chose a different path than that.
1: So you, you, it's, it, it's difficult to do both, number one. Mm-hmm. It's difficult, damn near impossible, to be an organizer and, and work and really make this work and be on these, because that's a whole job, being in that camera and, you know, that's a whole job. That's not, like how you said about the job with the, you know, in front of the store, I'm I'm not really that person that wants to go in front. Cause that right. Means- no, it is a job. You have to be on. Yes. Yes. Like even this, like I was, I had two ponytails in my hair and I was <laughs> I was on a Zoom and organizing this, somebody just got shot and I was trying to deal with that. And you know, and and then I had to wait, I gotta go do the, <laughs> you know, and and so Rachel Nordlinger um constantly uh tells me, Erica, you gotta you gotta be your voice and you gotta use your voice because an elected official told me a long time ago, if you weren't advocating for these folks nothing would happen for them they don't vote they don't fund campaigns they don't organize in the community like we would nothing would happen to them. but you keep coming in our face mm-hmm. all these young people you know mm-hmm. so to really be about the i don't want to you know i'm not trying to Nobody no, else. I know,
0: but, so I, but I, I mean, and I ask you that not to incite messiness. That's not even where I'm at, where I'm coming from. I just know that like certain people don't like the camera, right? Like they're just like, that's not my bag. Like that's just not my place.
1: It's valuable in this day and time because the only way you get support and resources is because people know you exist. And if you're not on social media or in any kind of light, then people don't know you exist. And you can't get the resources and support that you need. The last. Dose. Thank you so much,
0: Erica. You are absolutely a thing. And for those who didn't know, now you know. Nigga. So I um I'm just so always just. Enthralled by your existence and by the work that you do, and your consistency—the consistency of your disposition, by the way—because you this what you're hearing, y'all. This is Erica all the time. Like this oh. is not put on for the podcast. Um, and so I'm glad that we, you know, here at Small Doses, could be a part of just expanding the visibility and awareness of Life Camp. And where can people learn more about Life Camp and the uh, other?
1: Um, what did you call it? Not an or you fund mm-hmm. peace text. So they can for Life Camp they can go to lifecampingc.com and for the okay. national, depending on where they yes. are. Yes. They can text fund peace to 51555. And and we have national meetings on Wednesday. They'll get the link. Uh we have you know ways to connect people based on their skill set to different groups in different nation um, part of the nation. So Let's fabulous. Choose. Well, oh,
0: keep it up. Keep going. And I'm going to reach out to you too because I want to be able to uh, talk about Life Camp on the next Smart Funny in Black virtual show. So I'll be hitting you up. I'll be hitting you up. I told y'all. 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 How I, you know it's good when like, you want to end it and then it's like wait but there's more to discuss. like there's more gems i told you just a bastion of like information of jokes of love just like all the things all the things shout out to erica for joining us you know she used the term uh in the show where she said you know people have to be heart tellers and i think we talk about a lot about truth tellers but when she said heart tellers that was like a different thing that i just feel like i need to sit with because it's like someone who's speaking from their heart that's the way I interpreted it and that's and someone who's also like speaking to other people's hearts and I know that in my own transition uh my growth and my process you talk a lot about process I know in my process as a person I've I've really been working harder to be more of a heart teller in my truth telling And it's not always easy because it does require a certain level of vulnerability and a certain level of extra effort to just even be conscious of other people's hearts in ways that they're not of their own. Um, But nonetheless, it ends up being valuable for the just basic reason of it's it feels good. On top of that, there's also value added to the fact that you know that you are putting your best foot forward for your community and you know that you're existing in a space that is a high vibration, which ultimately will attract other high vibration folks and energies. And that always is good for your community because you're attracting high vibrations to your community. So thank you to Erica Ford for joining us. Remember, you can um, text FUND, PEACE, that's F-U-N-D as in dog, PEACE, P-E-A-C-E, 2515, I believe that's the number. And you also can check out lifecampinc.org to learn more about her organization. And again, like she said in the script, you don't have to look to, you know, who's in the highest positions of visibility in terms of organizations to know who can be the most helpful. Sometimes it's the ones who are right- Within earshot of where you are right now that are gonna be the most effective ways for you to be effective in change. A podcast network.